Chris, um, it's a joy to be here this morning. I'm here with my amazing wife, Danusha, um, and we have the privilege of leading Falmouth Light and Life um, together. Um, they're having a, a family celebration this morning, and um, while the cat's away, the mice play. Um, we always hear amazing stories when, of when we've been away. Isn't that always the way, Pete? Do you get that too? Um, God just loves to, to bless family and yeah, so we're, we're just super grateful to be here this morning. We're um, excited for what um, God's got ahead uh, for us. I, before I kind of get going with what I felt like um, Jesus speaking to me um, for you, I've just had um, an incredible week. I am tired, but it's been an incredible week um, in Falmouth. Um, we, this week, have had the privilege of... Um, joining with all of the other churches, well, not all of them, most of them, um, in the town for um, a thing which is called the turning. Has anyone heard of that? Yeah, there's a few. Um, For those that don't know, the turning is essentially a thing that kind of started out in Reading in the UK, not not in California, in um, the UK. And um, essentially, to cut a very long story short, it's a kind of like an evangelistic tool. It's essentially getting the church, the ordinary, everyday individual in the church, out sharing the gospel. Um, And it's also a discipleship tool. So it's number one, an evangelistic tool, and number two, a discipleship tool. And my, I was shocked by how incredible it has been. Um, I had my doubts, I must admit, I had my skepticisms. I've done all sorts of things out on the streets in Falmouth before. Um, And actually, I came with an attitude of humility. Despite my skepticism, I thought, do you know what? God's doing something here, and I want to be a part of it. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with what what they say, what they've done, what they've experienced God doing, and I'm going to go with it, and I'm going to see I'm going to taste and see, essentially. And God is good. God is good. Um, So I've had a week, really, where actually more than just what's been happening on the turning, I've been falling in love with Jesus all over again. I mean, he's, he's, he's beautiful and he's wonderful and he's majestic and he's, he's awesome. And, and he's, he's created the universe and yet he's our friend. He's one who turned up in the neighborhood, as um, John 1 writes in the message. That's, that's the message translation. He, he came and lived amongst us. He came to be a friend as well, which is the most incredible thing. And I've just been falling in love with him all over again. And the, one of the reasons why is that I just see that he has this passion, not for the big personalities, not for the, really just always the person on the stage as much as he loves them too, the everyday ordinary person, timidly, with fear, great fear and trembling sometimes, going out on the streets and sharing Jesus and seeing him work through them, sharing good news and inviting, those people inviting people into relationship with him. Over the course of the week, we saw 
in f- so we were out for five hours. Um, I don't know the numbers from Saturday because they were out then as well. So it was just five hours over the course of the five days we went out for one hour a day. 129 people responded to the good news. Wow. Incredible news, right? Yeah. What, what does our society and sometimes the church say about what's going on in the country? People don't want to know about Jesus. They really do, don't they? Do you believe it? Yeah. Amazing. We're on the right page, friends. We're on the same page. He's amazing. People do want to encounter him. People do want to know him. We just need to be bold and share him. And um, I think that something of what is happening through the turning has just emboldened the bride of Christ again to be out, to be sharing. I'm so encouraged that you guys have been doing that over the course of this week. And you just do that in your lives. I can see it. I want to encourage you in that. Keep going. personal stories for me, um, I, I think the most powerful thing for me was to see um, at chaplaincy, which we run um, at Falmouth School twice a week, so we run that on a Wednesday and a Thursday. God's favour is all over that, which is a story in and, in and of itself. But we've been going in on a Thursday particularly with way more of a spiritual focus, way more of a Christian focus, um, and talking about Jesus, talking about God, talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about prayer, talking about the Bible. We've been doing this for weeks and weeks. And it's been laying this kind of groundwork, I feel, for what happened on Thursday just gone. Um, We were able to, uh, using this kind of script that we'd learnt as this kind of tool in our toolbox um, from the turning, we went in with this script and we led eight uh, young people to the Lord for the first time. And then we had one um, who was praying next to me. I could hear every word as she was praying the prayer, and that was a rededication. I knew that in some way she knew the Lord, but she just rededicated herself um, to the Lord. What a privilege, isn't it? Isn't it incredible? One last thing, one last story, just to encourage you. I I say that... um, I've fallen in love with Jesus all over again just because of watching him work through the everyday ordinary believer. I watched as this woman um, from a church in Penryn who has been through the mill over the years. Um, She knows and loves Jesus, but she's been through the mill. Um, She's just coming out of treatment for cancer, and um, but she's just got this overwhelming love in her eyes just she's so in love with Jesus and um but she would she wouldn't say boo to a goose she was one of those people that was so so timid and she got this training over the course of the week for the turning and with great fear she went out on the streets and she was the most successful evangelist in the whole thing Every time I would see a card from one of the people that responded on the streets, I would see, I, I pretty much I'd see her name, every other one. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it incredible? You know, we've got a passion in, in Falmouth that, that um, one of our dreams is that everyone, every day, everywhere 
would be bringing the life of Jesus to our town and beyond. And, and do you know what? The season and time for uh, the anointed evangelists has been, and I think it's gone. Um, we love them, and they have done an incredible work for Jesus. That season, I believe, is over, and the season now is for the bride to rise up, to, um, to share Jesus boldly, everybody involved in this process. It reminds me of the prophetic word from Jean Darnell, 1967. Um, the prophets maybe among, in the room will know it. Um, but she just had this vision of the UK and she saw that God was placing people, individuals in every sphere of society to bring his kingdom, to share good news. And she said that the key to it all was that there was a renewed people who were willing to be led by the Spirit of God. That was, that was all. The key, a renewed people who are willing to follow the Spirit of God. Love it. I love it. So that's been um, a, a little snippet um, of my week so far. I wanted to um, begin just actually just ministering into some words um, of knowledge that I felt like uh, Jesus gave uh, myself and Danusha as we were worshipping. Um, for those that don't know what that is, uh, it might, might be your first time here or you're visiting. Um, a word of knowledge is essentially where um, God, who loves to speak to his people, will um, just speak kind of like whisper in our ear, just something, an impression um, and it's usually uh, to bring healing to something. So um, this isn't strange um, in the church. This has been happening for thousands of years. Um, so it's just something that we know um, God does just as much as he would speak prophetically to those that have come to the front this morning. Um, so the first uh, word of knowledge for healing we felt was um, particularly for um, someone's thumb, um, it was like it was a repetitive strain injury. We, we thought it might be in the left hand. Is that, does that relate to anyone? Can you put your hand up if that's you? Okay, it's your right thumb and your left. Okay, well, yeah, both. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of glad we went there because as Danusha was sharing, I think it's the left thumb. And I was like, yeah, we'll go with the I think bit. Um, yeah, uh, so if that's you, can you stand? Is that okay? Um, and we're going to get involved all together because um, every believer um, is empowered with the Spirit of God who is within you. Um, so if you are near one of these people, could you just right now pray your best prayer for them? Um, command uh, the uh, thumbs to be healed in the name of Jesus, um, whatever, however you want to go about that. I'm going to give you <clears throat> just a minute. Jesus didn't need long, long prayers. He, he often just did that in a moment, so that might be offensively short to you. I'm sorry, but uh, now get them to test it out. This is the faith bit. Um, just test it out. Is there any improvement at all? If there's any improvement, um, if, if the pain has slightly gone down or you've got freer movement, can you, can you just let me know? Just put your hand up if there is some, some improvement. Some improvement. There is. Over there. Right. Excellent. Right. Can you see, can you just notice something going on here? Two at the back. 
both saying there is a bit of improvement. Okay? Notice they're in the same location. Right. Now, here's a kingdom principle. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like yeast. It's just a little bit. You spot the little bit that's there and then it grows. Right? So now what I want us to do is if we can stand again, um, those people that have got um, the issue in the thumb, if you can all stand again, and we're going to pray again for you, if that's okay. And I think what's going to happen is it's going to start to spread. Is that okay? Can we do that again? Okay, so those that had the issue with the thumb, if you can stand and, and get those around you to pray again, that would be great. Again, offensively short, I'm sorry. Um, but now, test it out. Test it out. How do they feel? Um, any improvement? And more improvement at the back? More improvement, anyone? Not so severe? Okay, that's great. Do you see, do you see, what, do you see a little bit of what's happening? Um, it's, it's a kingdom principle. It's, Jesus said, you know, um, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman puts in to the dough of the bread and then she waits and then it expands and it grows. It's interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't quite understand the whole thing, but it was interesting that over there something started to happen and then it started to spread. Now, there's another, just a couple of words um, that I felt. Uh, so it wasn't just the thumb. I felt like there was a, a potentially a carpal tum- tunnel problem in the hand. That's you. Okay, you've kind of responded to that and that, that's there as well. Um, the, an elbow, tennis elbow, um, it seemed to be, um, and also going up into the shoulder. That might be all one person, or you might want to respond to individual parts of that. Now, if any one of those things applies to you, could you stand? Could you let us know who you are? Uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's going to be up, down, up, down. <laughs> At least it's not a hymn sandwich, hey? Uh, so um, if you are sat next to any one of those people, if you look around, um, then... If you could go and pray for them and then ask them after you finish praying how they're feeling. Is there any improvement? So if you could do that now, that would be great. Go and find someone that needs prayer. That would be great. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Okay, right, now get, ask them how they're doing. Is there any improvement at all? Any improvement, give us a wave. 
Yes, yes. More improvements. That's so, so good. Excellent. Any others with any improvement? A little bit. Okay. Okay, we're... Make sure you carry on praying for those guys just over the course of time. If you have a coffee afterwards, maybe go up to them and pray. That would be great. Um, it'd be good to hear um, how those things are doing um, afterwards. It, it wasn't that interesting. Did you see what God was doing? Something was spreading um, in the room. Um, I felt like there was another word, but um, don't worry. I'm not going to make you stand uh, for this one. This one um, is particularly for those who are affected by an illness that can't be seen necessarily on the outside, that can't be, um, it's not necessarily a pain, a physical pain, um, but something that's going on inside. Um, And Denisha felt this, that actually God was just saying, I see you. I know you. I see you. It's um, just a powerful picture um, from the Old Testament where that's uh, the first time that God is called the God who sees. Um, just of, uh, yeah, so just I, I just want you to hear that right now. He sees you and he wants to bring healing to you. Okay. Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? Yeah. Great. Okay. Here's um, what I felt like. I'm, I'm now getting to my message. How long have I got, Pete? <laughs> so, Ten minutes? Okay, great. <laughs> um, basically, um, I, I shared with Pete, uh, just as we were praying, that I've, I've got a bit of a prophetic message um, for you this morning. Um, I found myself um, praying for you um, this week and... Um, I had a, a vision, essentially, which um, you can understand sometimes prophetic visions can be quite difficult um, to express in a simple way, um, as it in my mind it started to all merge into one. But I'm going to try my best. Essentially, I think I'm going to break it down into two. First of all, um, an encouragement to you as a church, um, and two parts of that, and then... Um, an exhortation um, for you as a church. Um, so as I share this prophetic kind of image and picture that I had, um, be thinking of yourselves all together as a church family. This is for you. This is what I sensed God saying for you. And um, as I was praying and I was, I, I was in this vision, I, I felt like I saw um, you as trees, um, and you're planted um, by this beautiful river, clear water. It was, it was a kind of picture of, of absolute beauty, the, the best that God um, could, could give you, which is going to be amazing. <laughs> um, and this river was just clear and beautiful, fresh water from it. And you are planted as these trees by the river. And I saw a branch on this tree that just had the most beautiful looking fruit. 
Have you ever been into a supermarket where one bit of fruit just stands out and you just think, I want to eat that right now. It's just like, it just looks juicy and sweet and incredible. And you just think, you're just drawn to it. That kind of fruit, but kind of multiplied a bit more. And I saw that the fruit was good to eat. And um, what I felt like God showed me was that the people of St. Austell and the surrounding areas were starting to realize that there were these fruit trees that were growing by this amazing river. And they were coming and they were tasting of this fruit. They were picking it right from the tree, tasting it and seeing this is good. This fruit is good. It's the best I've ever tasted. And, and as these people tasted the fruit, they were, they were rushing to their friends, to their neighbors. They were rushing and saying, you've got to taste this. You've got to come. You've got to... I've found these trees. I've found these trees. You need to come. It was like an excitement. And others were coming. And what I saw was that a community was starting to realize, hey, there's these trees over here. (laughs) Come and taste. Come and see for yourself. It's good. And obviously, with every picture, God always confirms these things in Scripture, doesn't he? I mean, we all know, I'm sure, if we've been around the church a while um, if you haven't, I'll, I'll share it right now. But if you have, you'll know the picture that Ezekiel had. Um, and it, the picture starts with this river flowing from the temple of God. And as it gets further away, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. That's not really the bit I want to focus on. <laughs> I just wanted to focus in on the part that comes a bit later. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles, it's Ezekiel 47, verse 12. And I'm going to read it from the um, New International Version. You might have a slightly different version that might read slightly differently, but that's okay. Here's what it says. So we have this picture of a river flowing from the temple. And here's what happens downstream. Verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither. What kind of trees do that? Their trees will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Well, my granddad has orchards. I know that he has fruit trees that fail. I know that his fruit trees drop their leaves. Here it goes on. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. 
Incredible. What an incredible picture. A beautiful picture of trees that are planted essentially in the presence of God. The the river is the presence of God. The water that is flowing from the sanctuary is just signifying the presence of God. And these trees are drawing their nutrients and the goodness from the soil on the banks and the water from the river. A beautiful picture. A picture of abundance. Do you know any fruit trees that every single month produce fruit? I'd I'd like to know what fruit trees they are. We might have some horticulturalists in the room, but I don't know of any. Without fail, isn't that a picture of abundance? Isn't that a picture of God's goodness overflowing? And, And this, friends, is what I felt like Jesus was saying to you. Isn't that the best encouragement? That he sees you when he when he's sees St. Austerlite in life and he looks down on his people, he says, hmm, they're trees and they're planted. But on the banks of the river and they, they are drawing from my presence and the fruit that they're producing is good. I, I'd want to hear Jesus say that about our congregation too, our church family. That's what he sees. And... Um, I asked, Lord, okay, what is this fruit then that um, is being tasted? Tell me about this fruit. So, this is not a complicated message, I know. But here's what I felt like he said. Well, it's the Galatians 5 fruit. That's what it is. It's imagery that is used throughout the scriptures. Uh, You can find countless passages about this. But that's what I felt like he said. And here's the fruit. Galatians 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, there's the stream again. That's the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. There it is. Isn't it interesting that the first fruit of the Spirit is love? I think they're in order for a reason. When you know you are loved, you produce love, don't you? That when you know that you are loved, you can love. When you know how deeply God loves you, it just overflows out of your life. And the thing about these fruits is that they're not striving. They're not striving fruits. Do you ever see a fruit tree going, I need to produce fruit. It doesn't do that, does it? It just grows. It grows. It draws its goodness from the soil and it grows. Here's a picture, friends, of abiding. So that's um, my encouragement to you, the first two parts, and I'm going to whiz through in the last few minutes my exhortation to you. This fruit is fruit of abiding. 
not striving. This tree that Paul is talking about here that is producing this incredible fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is abiding. Jesus um, speaks so eloquently of this um, and gives this, this picture of abiding in the vine. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 8. He says, I, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. There's a promise. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain or abide in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, it's, uh, it's just a picture of relationship and connectedness. Jesus was intimately connected with the Father. We read so much of all of the things that he did, all of the wonderful miracles that he did. And sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, we gloss over the bits where he goes away. He gets away from the crowd and he abides in his Father. You know, Jesus needed to hear the words from his father, you are my beloved son in whom I'm fully pleased. He needed to know that he was a son. He needed to know that he was beloved. And from that place, he produced this incredible fruit. It's just this beautiful picture. So my encouragement to you is to abide in him. It requires connection with him. And we do that in all sorts of way, but it, ways, but it requires our time. Any relationship requ- requires our time. We can do that in prayer. We can connect with him through silence and solitude. We can um, keep our connection strong with him through Sabbath, which I don't think is just an Old Testament pr- principle. It's about rest and worship. We all need that particularly in our busy culture. We need time in his word. We need to recognize his presence in everything. That's what this abiding connection is like. I love the story of Brother Lawrence, who we all know the practicing the presence of God. I'm sure that has, um, many of you have read it. That was a guy who was a pot wash. He was a pot wash in a monastery. That's what he did. But people were so affected by him because he knew what it was to practice the presence of God when he was washing a pot. He was so filled with the presence of God. He knew how to recognize the presence of God in the everyday, ordinary things. And I challenge you, do that at work. When you're writing your email, Jesus cares about that. When you're When you're teaching, Jesus cares about that. When you're in a hospital or in your doctor's surgery, Jesus cares about that. He loves it. He loves your ordinary, everyday life and, and he wants to meet you in that place. We can do that. My final thing, and I'm, sh- I'm sure I've gone a bit over, one minute over. Can you give me one more point? Is that all right? <laughs> okay. Um, 
the thing about these trees by the river that you are, that Jesus sees you as, is that you need to be rooted in order to be fruited. I'm sorry about that horrible phrase in some ways, but maybe it's easy to remember. Um, the thing is, your roots need to go down into the goodness of God. Your roots need to go out, go down into his love. And when Paul talks about being rooted and established in Ephesians, he's talking about being rooted and established in love. That's how this incredible fruit tree blossoms and grows and bears good fruit. And um, my encouragement to you is this morning to be rooted in his love, to be established in his love. Before you've done a thing, Jesus loves you. Before you've done anything of merit, Father would say over you, you are my beloved. My beloved daughter, my beloved son, I'm fully pleased with you. May you hear that this morning, church. May you um, be encouraged, number one, by the way that God sees you as a church. The way that the community is going to come in and taste this fruit that is so evident in your life. Be encouraged. And keep going. I exhort you, keep going. Keep rooting yourself in him. Drill down to the depths of his love. Paul says it's a love that um, surpasses knowledge. He, said, he prays that you would know the love that surpasses knowledge. Wait a minute, Paul, that's not possible. So it just means it's this never-ending thing. That the more you drill down, the more you find. And then you drill more, and the more you find. Keep going down into the depths of his love. <laughs> Exhortation um, in that part encouragement. Shall we stand? You'll have to forgive me being quite prophetic. Um, I'll often get prophetic images that might seem strange, but if you just go with it, God blesses it. I actually saw, as we were worshipping, a river flowing literally from that window right down like that. And it's just flowing. And the river and water often just resembles the presence of God. And I just think he wants us to jump right in. And if you want to jump right in, come. Don't wait. Just come. Just come right out to the front.